It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and we're in for a treat because today we have Neatson, not Nissan. Neatson, tell us a little, <laughs> say hi. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Adam. And why, why, did I, why did I separate your name like that? It's funny because um, when, my, when I was born, my parents are, were immigrants and they thought uh, they had spelt my name correctly from Hebrew, but they actually misspelled it. So everybody calls me Nissan or Nizan or Nizan. So it's actually Nizan. So Perfect. Like in, in Italian on the pizza, the Z is a TZ sound. And just like Nitsan, the Z should be a TZ sound. Exactly. Well, it's really good to have you. You've got a radio show. You're the traveling investor. You're a famous guy out from the southern Florida. And actually, my, the education course that I'm taking, you are one of the higher-ups in, in RE Mentor. You've helped them with a lot of different things. And you actually um, hosted an event that I went to, and I remember that day was the day that I said, I need to get you out here in July to speak for my group. Would you be willing to do it? And we kind of talked about it, and he said, you know what? If you can pronounce my name right, you can you can have me. So, uh, <laughs> so guys, when you come to this event, it's on um, July 21st. Say Nitsan, not Nissan. That's All right. right. Perfect. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about your history in real estate. Uh, so, you know, I was... Uh... I was born into a family that, uh, that understood the concept of buying real estate. You know, my dad always embedded into my mind and into my brother's heads that it uh, doesn't matter what you do. If you own a piece of land free and clear, you're the richest person in the world because nobody can ever take that away from you. And there are so many things you can do with it. Right. And he also, you know, kind of drilled into our heads that there's two types of people in this world. Those that pay rent and those that collect and son, you always want to collect. So going through life, I always had that in the back of my mind and, and watching him buy real estate, renovate real estate. I was part of that as well. A lot of commercial properties in New York City and around the country and uh, just growing up with it, you know, always in the background, always knowing that real estate was something that made people wealthy, right? Uh, all the wealthy people in the world, they make money at their careers, but then they take it and they invest it in real estate, right? Real estate, if you, if you look at the long trend of real estate, it, it has its ups and downs, right? We just came out of one of the biggest crashes that we've had. But if you look at the overall incline, it's always going up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, uh, I, I've, I've lived in Israel for many years. I've, I've flipped houses in Israel. I flipped houses here. Um, I owned a restoration and renovation company in New York City with my brothers. We did a lot of uh, single family homes. We did a lot of commercial properties as well. So I've always been involved in it. I've, I've done other things as well. I used to work on Wall Street. I used to have clothing stores in, in Manhattan in the village. But it was always real estate. You know, even when we had our clothing stores, we actually closed the stores, bought the building that the stores were in, and kind of retired ourselves from, from working because we now had passive residual income that every single month the checks were just coming in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I grew up in that. And uh, about nine years ago, I came back to the U.S. I came back to Florida. I was living in Israel. And I told my wife, I said, it's a good time to go back to the U.S. so we can, you know, start accumulating uh, some real estate. And I started, you know, buying, sing, buying single-family homes, fixing them, flipping them, made really good money. There were some great opportunities to be had here in South Florida. Um, 
you know, but I saw the, I saw the end already mm-hmm. coming, right? Because there's a finite amount of single family homes and foreclosures that you can do. And there's only so many houses that you can flip. And one of the main thoughts was, or ideas that I understood was when I sell a house, I'm not making any more money until I sell the next house. Mm-hmm. Six months, it could be a year, it could be a year and a half, right? So I also wanted to have that passive income where you create something once, where you buy something once and it, it's the gift that keeps giving, right? And I went out and I started looking for people because I always knew that I'm not the smartest or the sharpest you know, tool in, my, in the toolbox. I always understood, especially reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich and all these other incredible writers, I always knew that I had to surround myself with the right people people that were smarter than me, people that have already done what I wanted to do, people that have already stepped on the landmines and said, you know what, don't step here, step there, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I was going around, I was searching on the internet, I was looking for people, looking, 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 and then I, I, came, on, uh, I came upon uh, RE Mentor, I came upon their um, uh, home study course. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought the home study course, and I did exactly the opposite of what they told me to do. Oh, I, good. <laughs> I, I that's interesting. A, I bought a fourplex in a D neighborhood, right? About a half hour, 40 minutes north of where I live. And it was great when it cash flowed. When the tenants paid rent, it was, it was great. I was making about $3,000 a month positive cash flow after the mortgage and, and my expenses. But again, it was when they decided to pay. And I didn't have a property manager in between me and my tenants. So I would call them up and I say, hey, I'm coming up to collect the rent. And they said, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. And I would drive 40 minutes, knock on the door. Either nobody would answer or they would answer and say, oh, come back tomorrow. And it was just a big pain in, you know, pain in the butt. Yep. Um, so then I, I decided, I said, okay, I, I need to go deeper into this education process. And I got educated. And I got to tell you, you know, it's, it's like seeing a movie, right? You go see a movie once. It's wow. You get blown away. It's amazing. You like it. You go see it again. It's like, oh, I missed that. You see it again. It's like, oh, I didn't, ca- I didn't catch that concept. I didn't. So I kept going and going and going. And the one thing I liked about Dave Lindahl was that he was, he's still in the trenches buying properties. So he's not one of those guys that said, you know, I bought real estate 20 years ago. Let me teach you how to do it today. Yeah. He's going, Look, I just closed on a property. Let me show you what I did. Uh, and I've got another property on the contract. But why, don't, why don't we take a bus ride over and I'll show you what we're doing over there. And that really got to me. That really said, you know what, this guy is doing it. He's, uh, he's, he's making things happen and he's teaching us, right? He's really looking out for my best interest to be able to succeed. And, and one of his great mottos is, you know, we're not successful unless our students are successful. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that with him. So I went out and, um, you know, I met my business partner at one of these uh, real estate investor meetings uh, in, in South Florida. And uh, I said, let's partner up together because I knew she was a lot smarter than me. Right. She's, she's got a master's degree in uh, economics from, from France and from the, from the University of Miami. She can, she can do backflips on an Excel spreadsheet that I, I couldn't even think about. So we partnered up and it's been an incredible journey ever since. And uh, I'm really excited, especially now for what the future holds, because we just partnered up with another gentleman who for the last 10 years has been working with family, with family offices, um, building their empire for them. So in the last 10 years, he's closed about 100, he's raised over $130 million in equity. Wow. And he's got relationships with brokers in the markets that we're buying in. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why we're getting such incredible 
um, opportunities brought to us because of his connections. He's underwriting incredibly well. So we really have a good allocation of responsibilities between the three of us, and it's really working well. Perfect. So we're going to spend a lot of this um, interview today talking a lot about the team and your team and how you built your team. I want to take a brief pause and just so the listeners know, what does your portfolio look like? What types of assets are you invested in? Um, how large is the portfolio? If you could kind of share a little bit of that. Sure. Well, um, with my family, I went out to buy um, three office buildings in Manhattan. Uh, this was in the 80s and the 90s. And today the uh, equity just soared. Uh, in one of them, uh, the mortgage is paid off. Uh, in two of them, we're, uh, we're paying off the mortgage aggressively. So we don't have any debt. And it's just a huge, huge, um, you know, equity stake in that. And, you know, those were partial residential and partial commercial properties when we bought them. And I don't know if you know about New York state, it's a tenant friendly state, mm -hmm. you know, which means that the laws are for the tenant rather than for the landlord. So if the tenant decides not to pay, there's really not much you can do except go to the, go through the entire court process of evicting them. And that could take anywhere between six months to a year and a half. Um, and I understood, so we went and we converted those units into strictly commercial office spaces, uh, where on the bottom floor, the main floor, uh, there are, uh, we rented it out to retail shops. Uh, there's like a CVS, are you familiar with CVS or Walgreens? Oh, oh yeah. So in New York, there's a company called Dwayne Reed. So we rent out to Dwayne Reed on the bottom. We had Zara, which was a clothing company that rented out from one of our other uh, buildings. And on the top floors were, you know, 10,000 square feet office spaces that we were able to block off in different sizes and actually create the office spaces that people desired and wanted for themselves. Uh, so we went out, we did that. And then on my own with my partners, uh, with my newly found partners, we went out and we bought, uh, we bought and sold over 1,500 units, apartment units all around the country, mainly in Texas. Uh, but we've also bought in Oklahoma. Uh, we've bought in uh, Florida, in Chicago as well. Um, so we have apartment complexes. We've, uh, the, and they've ranged from C properties all the way to an A property. Um, and the, our Texas portfolio, we've sold most of it. We have one property left in East Texas. We have an apartment complex in Oklahoma that was a complete repositioning. And we took the rents from about three fifty, four hundred, and now we're going to be pushing them to about eight hundred, nine hundred. Wow! Uh, we went and uh, we, someone brought to us a project in the Carolinas uh, outside of Lake Wiley, uh, right on Lake Wiley, outside of Charlotte. Uh, it was a hundred and twenty boat slip marina with an RV park and a campground where we went and we got rid of the RV park and we brought in about thirty-five, you know, one of those little park model cabin homes. Right. They're like these little tiny homes, but for, you know, for weekend vacations, it's got a little tiny kitchenette. You got the TV, you got a little, you know, dining area and it can fit anywhere between four to eight people, depending hmm. on the size. And this is for people like me who love to go camping and I've done the whole tent and, and whatnot. But, you know, getting a little older, the back and, and whatnot, you want a little comfort. Right. So this is for people that love to go out camping, but don't really want to stay in a tent. And it's on a lake. It's really beautiful. It's got 14 acres of land. So we've got that. Uh, my partner and I, we also went out and bought a 240-key hotel in Memphis, uh, about a mile and a half from Graceland. Mm. Uh, and that's just incredible. Elvis Presley used to hang out at the, uh, at the bar in that, uh, in that hotel with him and his manager before Memphis became what it is today. 
Um, and we just closed last, this past February, we closed on a 50 unit in Commerce, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And we're set on Friday to close on a 76 unit property uh, in um, Lilburn, uh, which is also about 40 minutes outside of Atlanta. It's in Gwinnett County, which is the number one fastest growing county in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia. And I think it's the top five fastest growing counties in the country. It's wow. actually, it's set to outpace Atlanta by 2020 in population growth. Uh, you know, and I got a bunch of single family homes, which I'm selling off now, um, just because they're just a, you know, they're more of a time sucker than anything else. Um, and yeah, so uh, we have behind that, we have another 44 unit in Athens, Georgia that we have on the contract. We just sent them the earnest money deposit uh, yesterday and as well, 127 unit on the other side of Athens um, that we put on the contract. And again, because we have such good relations with the brokers and we know the market really well, we were able to get ourselves a three and a half month runway to close on this 127 unit because the broker that sold us the first property and is selling us this property is the one selling us that property as well. So he knows that we're able to close and he's like, listen, give them the runway, give them the time and they'll make good on it. So our, our total um, assets under in our portfolio would be about $150 million, I would say. Great. You know? That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Okay. So let's uh, go in. Well, let me first ask you, what is the traveling investor? How long have you been the traveling investor? And how do people find you on the radio? Sure. Yeah. Well, the traveling investor, um, I, I guess I've always been the traveling investor. You know, I, um, in, in 1995, my father passed away. And in 1997, I decided that, you know what, things have to change, right? Um, the world, you know, life is not about sitting behind a desk. It's not about working. It's about living life, right? Nobody gets out of here alive, right? We all end up in the same place, right? Six feet under the ground. So it all depends on what we do with the time that we have here. And it kind of hit me when my father passed away. Like, what am I doing with my life, right? Uh, I grew up in New York City. Uh, I, I knew everybody in New York City, all the clubs, all the museums, all the bars. I've been there, done that, lived in all the different cool sections of Manhattan. Uh, and, and I was like, what, what, what else is there? So I, I, at the time, I was also, I had my clothing stores. I was working on Wall Street. I was going to Pace University. And it just kind of hit me with a, like a ton of bricks. And, and I, I decided to quit life. I sold everything. I got out. I moved to Israel. And... I hung out in Tel Aviv on the beach for about a year, just contemplating life and, and what, what we're doing. And then I went traveling with a friend of mine. He came back after two months and I continued traveling for about six years. Uh, India, Thailand, Australia, Laos, Cambodia, Europe, South America, just bouncing around with no real destination, no real goal, just, just living life and, and finding out who I am, what I like, what I want to do. So I've always been a traveler, right, at heart. Yeah. And, and I've always invested in different places. I've, like, like I said, invested in Israel. I've invested in South America, across the U.S. So um, about a year ago, uh, this time, a year ago, I was, uh, we were traveling in Israel. We, every summer, we like to, I like to get out of Florida and we go. So last year, we did, uh, we did Poland, Germany, Israel, Norway, and then we ended up in Boston uh, for one of the Ari Mentor uh, um, events. And right when we were in Israel, I started The Traveling Investor, which is a radio show. It airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Uh, and it's Eastern. The, Eastern, yes, yes. 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and it's on W4, the number four, 
w4cy.com, w4cy.com. And uh, you can listen in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And the cool thing is about the show is that after the show airs, it's uploaded as a podcast to iHeart.com. So if you ever want to hear old shows and whatnot, and, and what I like to do is I like to have guests, people like yourselves that, that have a niche, that have success, that have, that have had struggles, have put systems together, had challenges, overcame them, and, and can share with people out there, just like what you're doing, um, how to benefit. And, and it it's, doesn't always necessarily have to be about real estate. You know, a lot of times what I like to do is I like to start off my show with a little breathing meditation, teach people how to connect with themselves, how to connect with their passions, with their desires, how to get focused. So it's not just about real estate. It's about how you as a person can achieve massive success in anything that you want to do in life, right? Because it's basically the same steps, right? It's just the details are different for every single person. So yeah. the traveling investor came about that, and it's just I've had a lot of fun. And what's cool is after you know I look back now of all the uh, of all the interviews, and I want to make that into a book of, okay. of all the people that I've interviewed, writing down what their systems were, what their passions were, what how they became successful, how do they find their niche, why find a niche, all that kind of stuff. Put it into a nice condensed book, you know, something like a Think and Grow Rich, but a little bit different and a little bit more modernized and, and for today's uh, market that we're in yeah, uh, and, and, and put that together. So, you know, the traveling investor, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I can't wait to have you on my show. Great. Well, thank you. I, I can't wait to be there. And, you know, you have so much knowledge and, and what we're going to talk about when we get to the 21st, this uh, upcoming next, I guess it's in two weeks, Saturday. Um, it'll be an all-day Saturday event, and guys, I'm doing everything I can to make sure this event is free for you. I'm getting sponsors to give you the food. I'm getting the venue sponsored, so don't worry. If I can't find the right sponsors, I'll pay for it. I don't want you to have to pay for this, but it's going to be tons of content. Neatson's actually going to cover the uh, deal sponsor case study, so he has went in, and somebody's just brought him a deal, right? They don't have yep. the money. They don't have the credit. Mm -hmm. but he's closed on the deal and that person ends up owning part of the deal. Um, so this is the type of thing that we're, you're going to learn because uh, screw the thought process of I'm going to wait three to five years to get involved in multifamily. No. My end goal is multifamily, so I would rather you be retired in three to five years because you keep bringing neats on good deals and he keeps helping you close on them than you just to not do the, the business at all. Get into multifamily. Get into multifamily now. So he's going to share with you a case study that he sponsored a deal, exactly how they were able to come in with no money, no credit, and he did everything else. He did the management, etc. We're also going to talk about market knowledge. Okay, so market research is a very incredibly important, maybe the most important thing, and you've already heard this through some of the things Neatson has been discussing today where he's it's talking about this area, it starts with the sea that's right outside of Atlanta. He said it's going to be one of the number one markets beating out Atlanta in uh, by 2020, did you say? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, just this type of stuff, if you're understanding the market, you're understanding what the real estate is going to do within that market. And if you really want to know the nitty gritty on how to do this stuff, come to this event. We're going to put on an awesome event for you. But today... I want to talk about, Neatson, how do you build your team? And I think that it's interesting talking about that broker relationship that you yep. were talking about. That guy is your teammate. 
he continues to bring you deal after deal after deal. So if I'll just let you take the stage, but teach us how to build our teams. Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. It, it, you know what? Having, having the team, the right team and the right people on your team is worth its weight in gold. Okay. If you have the wrong person, it's not going to happen. And I'll give you an example. We're working with guys from Marcus and Millichap on the capital markets and they helped us. Um, they're helping us close on this project that we're doing. And I've been emailing them documents left and right to this one person right on the team. And yesterday, and, and, and I was emailing them last week, right? We're closing this Friday, July 6th. Uh, I've been emailing them all the documents, insurance stocks, rent rolls, uh, personal financial set, all this stuff. And next thing I know, yesterday and today, I'm getting phone calls from, from these guys like, hey, when are you going to send this stuff? Uh, I was like, excuse me, I already sent it to you three times. <laughs> three times. And I, and I resent them that email, you know, the three different emails. So then I got back on the phone with them uh, about an hour ago and he goes, oh yeah, that person is no longer with us because she is, they've been hindering the process because they weren't they weren't up to par. They weren't working the way the team needed them to work. And they were causing delays. They were causing frustrations. They were causing all these things. So it's really important to have the right person on your team. Now, how do you, how do you find these people, right? What I like to tell people, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching and whatnot, and what I like to do is I like, you know, take a piece of paper, right? Put a line down the middle, me, them, right? And then you create what I call your inventory list, right? What do I bring to the table, right? I bring market knowledge, right? I bring broker relations. I bring money. I bring time. I bring uh, underwriting uh, uh, expertise, whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference, right? You write down what you bring to the table and then you find, and then on the other side, them, what do I need, right? I need a real estate attorney. I need an SEC attorney. I need, I, need, I, need, I need somebody who can bring me some incredible financing opportunities, right? I need somebody who has contacts with family offices, with uh, institutional funding. I need someone who has connections to CPAs and to attorneys to bring them into my deals as well to help raise capital, right? Mm -hmm. so write that list down. Now that's your roadmap, right? We all need a roadmap, right? I, I love to, you know, I, I've taken uh, flying lessons and I've got my skipper's license and they always teach you, chart out your destination, pick your waypoints, find out exactly where you need to go and what you need to get there. And that's kind of the same thing, you know, where you're creating your inventory of, of what, I, what I bring to the table and what I need. And once you know what you need, then you can kind of start filling in with the people. Now, how do you find these people? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you got to network your ass off. Network, network, network. But it's, just, it's not just going to the Chamber of Commerce once a week and just meeting the same people all the time. You've, you've got to take that list and you've got to say, okay, I need, I need to find um, people with money. All right, what kind of people? Do you want doctors? Do you want surgeons? Okay, where do surgeons hang out? Go and hang out with them. Where do attorneys hang out? Oh, okay. They hang out here. I'm going to hang out there. I'm going to go start networking with them. Uh, where do brokers hang out? I'm going to go hang out. What market do I want to be in? Right? You want to be in the Atlanta market? You know, a lot of people say, a lot of people ask me, they go, hey, Nitsan, do I need to fly into that market? I say, no, you don't need to do anything. Do you want to be successful? <laughs> right? If you want to be successful, get on a plane, go for a weekend, 
set, you know, sit at a Starbucks and just have one meeting after the other, meeting brokers, meeting brokers, meeting brokers, right? Build those relationships because it does a couple of things. As soon as you land in somebody's market, they're like, all right, you know what? You're serious. You took money out of your pocket. You're taking time out of your family, out of your business. You're growing your business and you're coming to meet me in my market. So you're a serious player, right? Yep. Meet the brokers, build those relationships, find commonalities. It doesn't matter what it is. Even if you have nothing in common with this person, find out what they like, right? Uh, do they play golf? Do they like to windsurf? You know, and, and, and it's amazing once you start talking to people, the connections that you can make with them. And I'll give you an example. When I first moved here from Israel, uh, when I was in Israel, I owned, I opened up the first raw vegan restaurant in Israel. All right. And it was in a, it was in a, a village uh, about 40 minutes north of Tel Aviv. And what was nice about it was that um, the first uh, gold medalist in the Olympic uh, in the Olympics for Israel lived in that village that I lived in that I had my restaurant and he was for uh, windsurfing so he would come into my restaurant with his coaches and and they would eat because it was raw it was vegan it was fresh it was organic it was just exactly what they wanted and I took pictures with the guy and his name was Tal T A L Friedman okay I'm now living in Boca and I'm calling all these brokers and there's a guy named Gal, G-A-L, Friedman. And I'm, I'm giving him a plug now from, at that time he was with uh, Marcus and Milichap, I want to say. That doesn't matter. But I meet him at, uh, at one of the properties and I'm talking to him like, oh, Gal, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have any family in Israel, this and that? He goes, yeah, you know, we, we, I have a lot of family in Israel. I said, you know, it's funny because um, one of my uh, customers, his name was Tal Friedman. He was the Olympic uh, a gold medal winner. He goes, oh, guess what? That's my cousin. <laughs> so I immediately, I pulled out my phone. And I said, hey, there's a picture of me and your cousin. Immediately, right there, rapport, building relationships. Let's get together. It's funny. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen with every single person you meet. Yeah. But find out. And the way you find out is by asking people questions. You know, there's no such thing as, as a stupid question because stupid people don't ask questions. There you go. Right? So ask questions. What do you do? Where are you from? How long have you been here? Why did you get involved in real estate? What do you like about brokering, right? What do you like about the company that you're with? How long have you been with the company? Are you married? You have kids? People love to talk about themselves, right? And you know what? You made a really great point in the beginning about names. People's names are golden to them. If you can pronounce somebody's name correctly, especially if they have a very strange name, not a John or a Mike or a Cindy or a Sue, but like mm -hmm. a Nitsan or, you know, whatever it is. If you can pronounce that person's name correctly the first time, you won them. You won them because they, in, in their subconscious mind, are like, you know what? He took time or she took time to really figure it out and to get it right. So it says a lot about that type of person. So, you know, when I moved to Florida nine years ago, I knew nobody. Right. I'm originally from New York City. I left New York in 1997, went traveling, lived in Israel. So my network from New York kind of just died away. I mean, I have friends and whatnot, but, but my business relations. And moving to Florida, I knew nobody. I didn't know the market. I didn't know the neighborhoods. I didn't know anything. So what did I do? I got in my car and I started driving the neighborhoods, driving areas. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, Jupiter, everywhere, just to learn the market, to know what's in, what's not, where to go. Who do I need to talk to? I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Boca. I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Del Rey. And, you know, just network and network. And, and after a while, I realized, you know what? This network, these places, these certain places that I would go to, 
not not for me. Okay, cut that out, right? Yeah. You don't want to keep spinning your wheels and wasting your time, right? You yeah. wanna you wanna work efficiently, right? You wanna you wanna be laser focused, right? And a lot of times at these networking events, people all get jazzed up with the energy and whatnot, and they're excited. And, and you know, at night they just go out and they 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 party, and you kind of lose the reasoning why you're there, the goal, right? So you know, it, it's great to go out and party, but when you're at a networking event. What I like to do is I like to go in and say, okay, who do I want to meet? I want to meet three people, and these are the types of people that I want to meet. So when I'm talking to someone, if that person doesn't meet my criteria of who I want to meet, I don't just say, hey, you know what, you, you, it, not you, goodbye, whatever. I just say, hey, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually here to network, and I'm looking for three specific strategic partners. Maybe you can help me. This is who I'm looking for. Do you know anyone here that could help me with that? Usually they'll say I yes or no. And you're not being rude because you're here for a reason. I'm here yeah. to network. I'm not here to get free drinks and free appetizers and to schmooze and to take pictures with beautiful women, although that's nice, right? But I'm here for a purpose. And when people see that laser focus that you have, they're like, ooh, you know what? What's he doing? What is yep. she doing? I want to be connected to that person. And then you start attracting these people to you, right? And another thing that I like to say is, you know, fake it till you make it, right? Become the person that you want to be now, right? If you yeah. want to become a successful commercial multifamily investor, sit back, take a minute, take a deep breath and say, okay, if I was making $20,000 a month passively and I'm closing on 10 deals a year, $5 million and up, how would I talk to brokers? How would I talk to investors? Where would I go network? How would I dress? How would I hold myself? Right? Picture that person as that, as that successful person and then all you have to do is step into their shoes. Don't become something you're not. Right? I'm not saying like, you know, go out and and. and be a fake person, but be yourself as that successful investor. I couldn't agree more. Right. One, one thing that I want to just kind of touch on is something you haven't really used the exact word that I'm going to use, but in all that you've said today, it's always reverse engineering the whole process. You've always seen yourself at the end and you've always continued to work backwards. You right. know, um, you're always providing value to other people like uh, when you create a raw vegan restaurant in a place mm -hmm. that they don't have one yet you're fulfilling a niche you're you're sure. correcting a need that's there and everything that you do when you're gonna go to um, a networking event unlike 99% of the people that I would say that are there they're just there to shake hands and maybe pitch their business but you're there to meet strategic partners so that you can go farther and faster together it's it's really interesting I just wanted to kind of point that out because we talk about reverse engineering on this podcast all the time and you can tell uh, somebody successful like you that you have reverse engineered every part of your life uh, so far you know Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, especially when you're buying real estate, it doesn't matter if you're buying an office, a condo, uh, a single family home, you know, multifamily, self-storage, it doesn't matter what you're buying. You have to start with the end in mind, right? How am I going to exit the property? When am I going to exit? Who's going to be my buyer when I'm ready to sell? And then you focus on that. And if that end buyer, that end user, that end works with you, then you can start working backwards, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's great that you said that because one of our SEC attorneys on my team, 
she talked to me and she goes, listen, you know, how, she goes, when she was on my show, uh, Jillian Sidoti, and you guys can go listen to, to her podcast, but she says, when you're a sponsor or when you're, when you're a partner in a deal, right, how do you know that this deal is a good deal for you, mm-hmm. right? It may be a good deal for your investors, but how do you know it's a good deal for you? Well, you got to reverse engineer it. How much money will I be making on this deal? Will I be able to make a good acquisition fee? Is there enough room in it to get an asset management fee? Is there, is there an equity placement fee that I can add in there? Reverse engineer. Will I be able to make money on this deal? Because if I don't make money, then I'm not going to be inclined to really focus my time on this deal. Hence, my investors will suffer. The property will suffer. My reputation will suffer, yada, yada. And it's just a domino effect. Yeah. So if you go, if you reverse engineer and say, you know what? I can make a lot of money on this deal. Great. That's one step. Let's go further. Great. Will my investors now make money on this deal? Yes. Fantastic. Can I raise the capital through my network for this opportunity? Does my network like this type of properties? Right? When, when, when we're talking to multifamily investors and I'm pitching them a hotel, they're looking at me with their eyes like a deer in the headlights. They're like, yeah. what are you talking about? we got to worry daily about daily income and raising, you know, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't understand that. So why would I talk to them? Right. So it's all about reverse engineering. Right. And it's, you know, I have kids, right. Reverse engineering behavior with kids or raising kids. What kind of kids do I want to raise? Right. What, what, what kind of nutrition do I want to give them? Do I want them to be warriors or do I want them to be sheeple? Right. I got two daughters. They're 10 and 12. Dude, they scare the crap out of me, man. My daughter's got six packs on their stomachs. They go to Taekwondo four days a week. They're doing like swords and staffs and, and, and all these things. They're becoming ninja warriors yeah. because that's what I want for them. I want them to go out into this world knowing there is nothing. There's nothing that I can't do once I put my mind to it. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Reverse engineer everything, everything. Who I want to be, what do I want to be, set your goals, and then bring it back. And, and I got to tell you, you know, just quickly about goals. There's a book called The 12-Week Year. Um, I believe his name is Brian Moran. I'm going to have him on my show in August. He wrote The 12-Week Year. We said, you know, we're always told, set your goals a year out, right? Five years. Reverse engineer backward so you know what you have to do today. I don't know about you, but after the third month, that year, five-year goal, you know, it, it, you're going sideways already, right? Because a, a, a deal didn't close that you hoped it would close or it closed backwards. There's things going sideways. So you lose sight of that year-end goal, of that five-year-end goal. What this book teaches you is how to take your year goals and bring it into a 12 weeks. So every 12 weeks, you're hitting another yearly goal. So imagine mm-hmm. that in four, in what, 12 into 52 is, is what? Uh, let's say four, right? Four. So you can set, you can, you can hit four goals, four yearly goals in one year by doing the 12, the 12 week year, if you know how to do it backwards and if you know how to set that up. So yeah, Great. reverse engineering. Absolutely. I love it. Um, we've gotten a lot of, lot of value. So I really just want to say thank you for your time for coming on today. Uh, and I hope that for the listener's sake, I don't care if they're from Florida, from New York, from LA, Buy your ticket today. Just 
come out. This is a free event, but I mean, it's an event where we could be charging hundreds and hundreds of dollars because the value we're going to get from market analysis and learning how you can do strategic partnerships with deal sponsors, etc. Well, will you at least just define what is a deal sponsor before we get off of the of the call? What is a deal sure. sponsor? Sure, deal sponsor. Okay, when when you're going to a lender and you're saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Lender, would you lend me four, five, six, ten million, one million dollars to buy uh, a commercial property? The bank, the institution is going to say, yeah, sure. Um, what experience do you have? What's your net worth? What happens if, God forbid, the property goes sideways, you lose 50% of your, of your tenants, are you able, out of your own pocket, to pay for the debt service? Right? I, again, I'm a skipper. I like to equate things to sailing, right? On a sailboat or on any boat, on a ship, how many captains do you have? You have one captain. Mm -hmm. That captain knows the ins and the outs of the ship. He knows he's not a mechanic, but he knows how the engine runs, right? He's not a navigator. He doesn't, he's not going to plot the, the, the waypoints, but he knows if he has to, how to read the map and how to plot. He's not the pilot who knows how to turn the ship, but he knows how to if he has to. Right, so a deal sponsor is the captain of the ship. It's the person who has the experience, the specific experience. Meaning, I have experience. I'm a sponsor for multifamily, and for hotels and marinas. Yeah. If you bring me a self storage, right, and we go to a lender and they say, "Hey, uh, Nissan is going to be the uh, uh, sponsor on a self storage," they're going to say, "That's great. He's got the net worth." Right, because you need to have a certain amount of net worth. Uh, he's got the uh, liquidity, but he doesn't have the experience, which is okay. We can use him. We just want you to bring another sponsor, a co-sponsor, to be with Nissan that knows self-storage facilities. So then together we can partner up as sponsor and co-sponsor to work the deal. So you, you need to have the sponsor. You need to have someone who has the experience, the net worth, and the liquidity uh, for that asset class that you're looking to uh, to acquire. I hope that, that, that answers your question. Absolutely. Really, the three main things that the bank needs to know that a deal is going to work because right. you don't necessarily, I mean, just for the, some of the listeners who may not know this, is that if you're buying a single family up to a fourplex, they will check to see how much money, how your income and how much money you have coming in every month, right? But if you're going to look at a fiveplex or a hundredplex or a two hundredplex or a hotel, they're going to look at the business plan of how much money is coming into the that business per right. month. So uh, multifamily is just really a business. You're just running a business. Mm -hmm. And there's three things. If the bank's going to give you money, they need to look at these three things. So uh, deal sponsor is is basically Nitsan Mosri being that skipper, that that captain who uh, says, well, I have this, this, and this. I can We can qualify for this loan. And by the way, you'll probably be able to raise the money easier too because you have a huge network. And, and you really reverse engineered and have been focusing on that network for some time, which is one of the main reasons you probably have your radio show. Yep. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, July 21st, Saturday, all day. Go into the show notes right now. Just kind of scroll down, and I will. you'll have that link so you can come and see Nitsan, myself, and a few of my partners. Um, let's get in you into this multifamily business faster. Until next time, my friends, think outside the box. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
It's our hope to add a ton of value to you. That said, Blue Spruce Holdings is excited to be offering investment opportunities to accredited investors. That link is in today's show notes.